You're listening to episode 11 of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. I'm Brent Hasecker, and I am your host of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is going to be a little bit of a different type of podcast than normal. It's not going to be as bass guitar focused um, because with all the news of the coronavirus and how that's really been impacting everyone, um, kind of wanted to take a little bit of a different approach and just kind of talk about uh, how the it the coronavirus, how it's been impacting my world and the church world, and um, and then also just share some other general news and whatnot with you. And, and uh, so a um, little less bass heavy on this podcast, but uh, hopefully it'll still be uh, a good, enjoyable podcast for you to listen to. All right, let's get going. Segment one, Brent's latest news. All right. Well, it's been an interesting few weeks here lately. I'm recording this after we're about two weeks into the uh, coronavirus COVID-19 situation where um, half the country or whatever is shut down and uh, people are staying home and working from home. And so it's been a little bit nutty. And then on top of that, this last week, I've had really bad uh, sinus infection and, you know, from my allergies and having to convince people, no, I'm, I'm really not sick. I'm not, I'm not sick. I, I don't have the flu. I don't have a temperature. I just have really bad allergies that have now turned into a sinus infection. Yay me. Then on top of that, then the sinus infection moved into my eyes. I think that's what happened. And I I got pink eye, or as I'd rather call it, conjunctivitis, because that sounds a lot more manly than pink eye. <laughs> so I've got conjunctivitis, not only in one eye, but in both eyes. So yay, yay, yay me. And so that, of course, has impacted my ability to uh, to go to work. And uh, even at work, um, we've been probably running about half staff in the office. The other half is, uh, you know, working from home, which means we usually have around 20 people in our office. So we've been running about 10 people in the office. But um, so now I'm a few days behind because I've been sick and then at home with uh, pink eye conjunctivitis and um, which stinks because I really can't read or you know, use my computer or anything like that because, you know, when you got conjunctivitis and you got all kinds of junk in your eye, it uh, makes it hard to see. And, uh, well, anyway, I won't go into the, all the, the TMI details there. But, um, so, of course, with all this situation, um, it's having an impact on church as well. And, um, you know, as of, uh, like I said, now it's as I record this, it's a few weeks into the uh, the COVID nineteen stuff. And um, last Sunday, actually, our church was still going to have our my home church, my Sunday church was still going to have service. And I had already said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in, in, in service, um, mainly because my wife is in the uh, healthcare industry and any exposure that I get, of course, impacts her. And so, which impacts her job and her ability to uh, serve. So I didn't want to 
do anything to jeopardize uh, her her employment or you know her uh, ability to to help out at her company. So um, I decided I was going to lay low because you know hey it's not lack of faith or anything like that. Um, you know, uh, even Lazarus who, who was risen from the dead, eventually he, you know, he, he died. So, uh, because, you know, at some point Christians still die, even the ones that get raised from the dead, Christians still get sick. So, um, you just because you're a Christian, you have faith doesn't mean that nothing's ever going to happen to you. We're still mortal human beings and we can still get sick. So the wise thing to do is to, uh, uh, to have faith that I will uh, stay home and uh, not get sick instead of going to uh, to service and getting exposed. So that was my uh, plan, but uh, wisely, my church did decide to cancel services last uh, week, and so they're now just live streaming. They originally were going to do this thing where, because at the time they were saying no gatherings over 50 people or more, um, so they were going to limit the sanctuary to just 50 people, um, and then anybody over 50 people they were going to put in another room with live stream, and then any 50 people more, or any people over 50 people for that room, then they were going to move to another room, so they have utilized multiple rooms all throughout the the campus to, uh, to house people and, and have service, which, uh, you know... At that point, if, if you're live streaming to those people anyway, you, you know, it just makes sense to have them live stream from home. Um, but anyway, they, they decided to uh, to go ahead and just do live stream service. Um, they're still doing some some worship, um, but again, I'm not participating in that. Uh, my, win, my Sunday, or excuse me, my Wednesday night church uh, has been live streaming too. Although they've been having a small worship team play, but again, I haven't been participating in that. And of course, now that this week, since I have conjunctivitis, I, I really can't participate even if, if I wanted to because I'm contagious with that fun. So, um, you know, now is, uh, even though with all this stuff though going on, it's, it's, uh, it's important though that, like I said, it's not a lack of faith if you if you decide to follow these guidelines and to uh, minimize your contact with other people, the social distancing. Even though, you know, you want to shake people's hands, you want to give people a hug, and you know that'll come back. But uh, we just have to be wise for now and uh, protect our witness. Uh, I think is really important during this time. And uh, not not do anything stupid or do anything that makes us, you know, look like idiots or anything. And I think that's an important thing to do to, to protect our witness in this in this season. And um, I think it's a good time, too, that um, to share our faith with other people. I think um, this is a scary time for a lot of people. And so it's a good opportunity to to share your faith with others, not to lecture people or anything like that, but just find ways of kind of working it into conversations or showing how your faith has been, you know, strengthening you through this situation or, you know, what it's been doing for you. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. And even though you can't really, maybe you're not seeing people in person, maybe you can share some stuff online without, you know, looking too crazy or anything. Cause sometimes people, you know, people go, Oh gosh, there's that crazy Christian saying a bunch of Christian stuff that sounds weird, you know, not doing anything weird like that, but just finding a way to subtly maybe with a lot of your non-believer friends to and family to be able to to share faith and and how uh, it's strengthening you through this through this season. But uh, what's weird too is that with all this going on, it seems like it just like you know two weeks ago everything was normal, everything was fine, and and actually it was 
pretty exciting. I thought I thought work with my work was going well. My it seemed like you know, busy with church and and uh, lots of stuff going on and playing a lot and and then all of a sudden boom then then nothing. Like the week right before all of this this hit actually again playing in two churches and then also got recruited to play for a, a women's conference and that was a lot of fun although it's always kind of weird playing for a women's conference because you know I'm I'm a dude <laughs> so um in the women's conferences sometimes they in some in some conferences it'll be like okay you you go up you play and then they'll have a back room for you to sit in and wait until there's an altar call and they need the worship team again or whatever and that's fine you can hang out with the other dudes and some back room or whatever while you wait for your your time back up on the platform. But in this particular case, uh, we were sitting, they had a table for us where it, really me and the drummer were the two dudes in the, uh, the worship team along with all of the, uh, all the women there. So it was the two of us sitting with the, the rest of the worship team, which again was, was all women and, uh, along with all these other women in a big room. And that always feels weird. Cause you're like the sore thumb sticking out in the room there and, um, you know, women are different than men, you know, they get a bunch of women together and, you know, one moment they can be all emotional about something. Next minute they're breaking out in the Zumba or it's like, what in the heck is going on? You women are weird. Uh, but, um, so, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was really cool. Um, what had happened is they, I got recruited by one of the singers at my church on my Wednesday night church and Vanessa, she was like, Hey, you know, I'm doing this women's conference with uh, this group of musicians and well, we need a bass player. I said, okay, sure. Ended up having the rehearsal the night before, which was Friday night. Um, the the women's conference, of course, was on Saturday, if it was the night before. Um, and so we had our first and only rehearsal the night before on Friday and um, found out at rehearsal, oh, yeah, the drummer that we had yeah they they bailed so we didn't have a drummer for rehearsal didn't know if we were even going to have a drummer for the performance the next day and so uh the next day I was like hey did you find a drummer yet no we still haven't I was like okay well, let me ask my drummer at my home church if if he's available so I I texted Arthur and said, "Hey, hey man, are you doing anything this afternoon? I'm I'm playing at this woman's conference. We need a drummer." He's like, "Sure, yeah, I'll do it." Um, so props to him for the same day deciding to to join us for that. And uh, we drove down to uh, Claremont, which is where the women's conference was, and which about an hour south or so from where we live. And we showed up for sound check. Arthur flowed through the uh, first. We did one song for sound check. He flowed through it perfectly. It sounded great. It sounded awesome. So we knew, okay, no problems here. And then uh, we for the worship. Then we did four songs and uh, just was, sounded amazing. It was a lot of fun. Have to give some some props to the to the people that I played with, which was uh, and I don't know all of their last names, uh, but Candace, who was kind of the leader of it, uh, who was singing lead, and uh, Mira, which is her daughter, who is playing acoustic guitar, and also I think was doing some singing too, uh, Michelle, which was a singer, and then Vanessa, who was playing keyboard and singing, and then of course my uh, my pal Arthur, who uh, showed up here at the last minute to, uh, to play drums with us, and really had a lot of fun, and and uh, hope, hopefully maybe we can we can do some stuff together again. So um, it's always fun working with new people and um, really uh, just uh, some really great uh, 
great singing. Uh, I was really impressed with uh, how well they did. And um, so, yeah, I definitely like to, I always love working with, especially when you just show up on the day and, you know, knock it out of the park and it sounds great. And that's just a sign that uh, you're working with some really good people. So if you all are out there listening, hey, we had a lot of fun. Uh, would love to, to work together again. And um, yeah, so that's been uh, the last few weeks for me. And uh, right now I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting at home trying to get over this uh, conjunctivitis. And uh, hopefully I'll, uh, you know, be able to hopefully we'll be able to ha- start having some church again here soon because uh yeah i'm, I'm anxious to, to do some playing again segment two what brent is listening to so what have i been listening to lately um some things that have been on my my uh, spotify playlist here lately has been well probably the main song both me and my wife keep keep going back to this song we've been listening to it a lot it's lord you're mighty by youthful praise just absolutely love this song um it's been a song we we used to play it on our worship team years ago when i first started about six or seven years ago and uh, it's just one of those songs that i don't know it just uh it I think it just perfectly summarizes, you know, how, how I feel about, about God. It's just, Hey Lord, you are mighty. And if you haven't heard that song, I I highly recommend you check it out. Um, in addition to being a great song that just gives praise to the Lord, it also is just one of those songs that it just has a fantastic baseline. It's, uh, it's just so tasteful and and every note in that bass and every note in that song is just like so perfectly placed. So from a bass playing perspective, you know, definitely listen to it and, and admire that bass line. And then also just as a song in general, just a fantastic song. And it's been something that's just been speaking to both me and my wife during this uh, weird COVID virus time that we're in and all the uncertainty. And, um, it just, we just keep going back to that song and just, Hey, Lord, you're mighty. Uh, that's, uh, that's all that matters. Lord, you're mighty. And, uh, some other stuff I've been listening to here lately, I actually been listening to some, some hymns lately. Cause I, I wasn't real, well, I had a little bit of church when I was a kid, but I, not really a whole lot. Um, so I don't really know a lot of the old hymns and things like that. So I've been listening to actually listening to hymns and, um, I found this, uh, on Spotify. I found this album, uh, by Jimmy Stevens. It's just uh, some guys singing hymns and uh, just really like it. It's got a lot of, it's like the the main, most popular or whatever hymns that most people know that I don't know. But I mean, if you grew up in church, you would know these songs. My wife knows all these songs because she, she grew up in church, um, but I don't. So it's, it's just been good education for me and just uh, finding out just how cool some of these, uh, these old hymns are. And so uh, if you get a chance, check that out. Uh, also still been listening to a lot of Dan Musselman. I think I mentioned him on a previous podcast. He does piano versions of a lot of popular worship songs and really enjoying his stuff. And also, uh, some of the, uh, some of the songs from Maverick 
music and community music. There are two worship teams that we played some of their songs for that ladies conference that I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, I wasn't familiar with either of those worship teams prior. And so they've got some really good music that, uh, I've been listening to. So those have been two groups that, uh, on the worship side that have, uh, been a lot of fun to listen to. Also, and this is not, this is my, my secular, uh, and what do you call it? The guilt, my secular guilty pleasure. I've been listening to a lot of old Genesis. Uh, you know, Mike Rutherford is not somebody who, who is referenced much when a lot of people talk about great bass players. Uh, it's very rare when somebody say, oh yeah, Mike Rutherford was just a huge influence on me. Or, you know, you usually don't hear him mentioned that way. Uh, of course, a lot of people think of him more as a guitar player because he played both guitar and bass on the recordings of a lot of those Genesis albums, but in concert, he played guitar. But really, he is a fantastic bass player. And, um, you know, the late 70s, early 80s stuff is what I've been listening to. Um, you know, the Abacab album, the self-titled album, um, the Duke album, stuff like that. Um, if you get a chance, uh, listen to, uh, listen to some old Genesis. They, that man, I'm telling you, man, uh, Mike Rutherford really is, uh, uh, what do you call it? What's the word? I'm like, he's, he's, um, underrated, an underrated bass player for uh, just not somebody who's normally gets the same amount of credit as a lot of other people. So anyway, worth checking out. If you're into, uh, you want to hear some secular music and you also want to hear some good bass playing, then some old Genesis is definitely something to listen to. So that's kind of what's been on my rotation here lately. Also been listening to a lot of gospel bass players uh, on YouTube and watching a lot of instructional videos and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how I've been spending my time here lately is uh, and what I've been listening to. Segment three, Remembering Al Warden. With all the COVID-19 news that's been going on these last few weeks, uh, there's been some some important news stories that have not gotten the attention that they deserve. And one of those is the fact that Al Warden passed away last week. And if you don't know who Al Warden is, he was actually a NASA astronaut on Apollo 15. And that happens to be my favorite Apollo mission. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a NASA geek. Um, so I, I, I kind of follow, I, I read a lot on the early NASA program. I don't live too far from Kennedy Space Center, so I've been there quite a few times. Also, I don't know if you're familiar with the NASA socials that they have, um, they used to call them NASA tweet-ups, and I actually have been to a number of NASA tweet-ups back in the past. I've seen a space shuttle launch from the from the news site. Um, you know, I've been behind the scenes. I've met all kinds of astronauts, and anyway, I've got a, a lot of stories I could share for you on the NASA side, and so I'm, I, that's kind of an interest that I have, and and so I know a lot about NASA history, and uh, yeah, the Apollo 15 mission was really amazing, and um, yeah, yeah, I've even watched all 20 plus or whatever hours of the uh, of the EVAs that they did on the surface of the moon, and um, so I'm, yeah, that's that's my I'm. I, and you're, you probably wonder, okay, well, why are you talking about this on, on the podcast? Well, just kind of follow with me here for a minute. 
is that, uh, you know, Al Warden uh, served on Apollo 15 with uh, his commander, which was uh, Dave Scott, and with the pilot for uh, Apollo 15, which was Jim Irwin. And Jim Irwin, um, really interesting story with him. He actually pretty much endangered his life for the sake of that mission and that uh, he went the whole day on one of the EVAs without his water or feed tube actually working because when they're in the, their astronaut not suits obviously they you know they can't you know they can't eat with their hands or anything because you know they've got this mask on and they have to stay in this outfit for like eight hours straight or whatever and they're working on the surface of the moon so they basically had kind of the equivalent of camelbacks that we have now where they have a little water tube and a feeding tube in their helmet so whenever they need to they can you know they can take a drink of water they can they can get some food they and that's how they how they continued throughout the day. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't stop and take breaks and go to the bathroom, or whatever. Yeah, they had diapers on and all that. So they, they were a self-contained little unit. So his uh, water and feed tube actually didn't work, but he didn't say anything to uh, Mission Control because he didn't want them to scrap the EVA because if it didn't work, they're like, okay, well, you can't go out on the moon today. you got to fix your, your suit. But he knew, hey, it took billions of dollars to get me here. I'm not going to have them scrap this day of on the moon just be you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna sweat it out and and uh handle it so he actually had some uh the doctors were monitoring him and they they actually were noticing that he was having some heart issues and stuff like that because he was getting overstressed he wasn't getting the potassium he needed he wasn't getting any water and so he ended up getting a heart condition while he was on the moon and it actually killed him early in life he had a heart attack like 10 years after uh his his trip to the moon and what's also interesting about Jim Irwin is that he uh, actually quoted scripture on the surface of the moon. And after NASA, he he actually had a ministry um, and he, uh, you know, spent a lot of time on that. And a lot of, actually a lot of the, the Apollo astronauts have some really cool stories when it comes to their faith. Um, I could mention Charlie Duke from Apollo 16, who walked on the surface of the moon, but said his most important accomplishment in life was accepting Christ and becoming a, a follower of Christ after, after the Apollo mission. So um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool stories with faith with the, the early uh, Apollo uh, astronauts. And uh, Al Warden, uh, who who passed away last week, he was the command module uh, pilot, which means he was a guy who was uh, in the command module circul cir circling the moon while the other two dudes were walking on the on the surface of the moon. And so he never got to walk on the surface of the moon, but hey, he was in the uh, in the command module going around the moon, which is still an incredibly impressive feat all on its own, and also had like the record of being the furthest away from the most isolated person on earth, although he wasn't on earth or most isolated human in history or whatever you want to word it, because while they were on the surface of the moon on the side facing the earth, he was on the backside of the moon thousands of miles away. So he was completely as isolated from humankind as anybody could actually get. And then not only that, he was the only person who who actually did a deep spacewalk, uh, an EVA, uh, extra vehicle activity is what EVA stands for. NASA has acronyms for everything, but that's what we commonly refer to, refer to as a spacewalk. But uh, all of the spacewalks that we have happen in Earth orbit. 
where he actually did a spacewalk between the Earth and the moon. When they were coming back from the moon, he actually had to go outside and, and get some stuff off of the, uh, the command module before they jettisoned it out and then came back to Earth. So he actually got to go outside the, the, the space, the outside the module, and actually be able to see the Earth in one direction and the moon in another direction and, and realize he's in between the two of them. So that's pretty amazing. But uh, also after he after he got back, um, you know, or, you know, after his uh, after Apollo 15 was done years later, when uh, Jim Irwin had his ministry, uh, Jim Irwin, when he, he had some a time when he was sick and he couldn't attend to his ministry. So I know that Al Warden did, he kind of like stepped up and helped out Jim Irwin with his ministry. Don't really know, uh, Al Warden's, uh, actual, you know, what his faith is or what his belief in God is or anything like that. Um, he doesn't really state it. And a lot of this information I got from reading his book, uh, which is called Falling to Earth, a really good book to check out. So he never actually states his faith in the book, but um, um, he did mention helping out Jim with his with his ministry. So uh, that's really cool. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had the, you know, I've mentioned I've, I've met a lot of astronauts and I, I have met uh, Al Warden on a couple of occasions and just a really cool guy. And so anyway, I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, yes, science and faith can, can, can intersect and work together. Um, because what's really cool is while they were, uh, studying to go to the moon and they're studying geology and they're, they're all the science involved with it. And it was a scientific mission, but yet still you had Jim Irwin who was on the surface of the moon and he was quoting scripture. And so I just, to me, that just, I don't, it just, I just think that's so cool. And, um, it's just a sign that, you know, we don't have to live in these two separate isolated boxes of either being interested in science or being, you know, you know, having faith. I mean, God and gave us a brain and, um, you know, I always kind of jokingly say that God might have a sense of humor. Well, I think he does, but uh, I think he might be, I think he might play with us with this sense of humor through science. And whenever we discover something, he, he goes, okay, you discovered that. Now let me make it a little bit more complex for you. Like I remember when Adam's, you know, okay, that's like the smallest thing you can possibly, uh, you know, discover. And then, oh no, it's not Adam's. Now it's, you know, all these, you know, tiny little particles and, you know, things smaller and smaller and you build, you know, it's just, you know, I, I, I kind of think God's saying, oh yeah, you, you've discovered the atom. Okay. Now let me create something even smaller for you to try and find. So, you know, it could be that God's just having a sense of humor with us through science, but, um, I definitely, you know, faith and science can coexist. And, uh, I don't think that, you know, science has to explain away, God, because it, it doesn't. Um, and a lot of the NASA astronauts from that time frame even said, hey, this, uh, the science and what we we're doing and going to the moon, walking on the moon, actually even helped prove that there is a God. Um, so anyway, um, just thought I'd mention that. Um, Al Warden, uh, NASA astronaut, Apollo 15. Segment four. Dumb church signs. All right, so I got a, I got a beef. I've got to, I've got to, I got to share this. Now, I used to be that I used to think that um, 
<laughs> actually, if you go back to the nineties, uh, before I was a, a follower of Christ. And I remember I used to always see the signs out in front of churches and you, they'd always have like some comedic saying or something funny. And I always thought it was, you know, that would be a cool idea is, you know, this is of course before the internet and I thought, or, you know, before, well, the internet was there, but before it really became big. And, um, I always thought, you know, it'd be a great idea is to have, a, like a coffee table book that was basically pictures of churches with their church sign in front of it that had, you know, whatever goofy saying that they, they had on their little church sign. And that would just be kind of funny. And you, you just have all these churches from around the country with, there it is in the background with their church sign in the foreground with their goofy little saying, and that would be a funny little coffee book, coffee table book. So, um, but over the years now, uh, now they're just kind of, for the most part, getting annoying. And so I, I, you know, it, 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 the thing you want to make sure is on these church signs is that they're not alienating people. And so like, this is the one that just really made me want to do this segment is I'm, I'm driving by on my way to church and I pass another church and this is what their sign says out front. And it says, um, here, I've got it written down here. Uh, want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. What? (laughs) So, okay. I kind of think I understand where they're coming from on that and that we're not in control of our plans. God is God's in control of everything. And, you know, you need to say if it's in God's, you know, if this is in God's will, you know, it's not my will, you know, you know, I know what they're trying to get at, but I don't really know if it's truly biblical. You want to make God laugh. I don't, and also it's, it's basically saying to people who are reading this sign, if you're trying to get people in the church and they're not believers, they're going to read this and go, oh, great. God laughs at me. He judges me. And then he laughs at me. You know, whatever my plan is, he's just, he's going to laugh at me. Well, that doesn't sound like a loving God that, you know, I don't want to be involved in, in that church. So to me that it, as a, if I was still a non-believer, I'd be like, I'm not going there. And I know I'm talking to bass players right now. And so I, this is more of a, for church leaders, maybe some of you out there have some leadership within your church. If you've got a sign out front and you're putting dorky little sayings like that out on the sign, think about what you're doing, um, because that does not help bring people in. It just confuses non-believers and even believer. If I'm a believer and I'm still kind of confused by exactly what they're trying to say there. And then there's another church. Here's another church that I recently read what it said on their sign out front. And this, this is a church that always has just random stuff that makes absolutely no sense. I drove by and it said pocket full of posies. Okay. <laughs> what is, why does it say that? And the only thing I can think of is it, this was a few weeks ago and it was the week of Ash Wednesday. It was a Catholic church. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe a it has something to do with that pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes. We all fall down. Is that what it has to do with? I don't know, but again, you're you're just confusing people. So why do you want to do that? Um, 
stop. <laughs> you know, if you want to put something funny on there, hey, great. That, you know, people can laugh. And um, I did see that same church that uh, had the one that had the sign, want to make people, they want to make God laugh, tell them your plans. They actually then followed that up with something that actually I kind of laughed. I thought it was funny. It said, hipster Jesus, hipster Jesus loved you before you were cool. Okay. All right. That's kind of, that's kind of funny. Um, I'll give them credit for that. But um, at least that's not something that's going to, uh, People just might roll their eyes and go, oh, geez, that's 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 a dumb joke. That's a dad joke or something like that. But at least they're not going to be offended or confused by something like that. So if you're going to put something on a sign, sure, at least make it funny. But um, don't make it where it just sounds dumb or like an inside joke that nobody gets or it sounds judgmental. So, so anyway, that's uh, my little public service announcement for you to kind of help out those that are creating church signs. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. So I'm going to leave you with this saying. This is uh, um, something that I read on the Talk Bass forum, and this was actually probably a couple months ago. And uh, it is from the person who posted it is MTB777. That's their their you know their call sign on Talk Bass and their username and I don't know if this is something that they uh, actually wrote or if they if it's a quote that they pulled from elsewhere but it, it when I read it it just completely like kind of blew my mind so I wanted to, to leave with this this comment that they posted and again this was a few few months back but it's still been sticking with me ever since and it's something fun to ponder so this is what he wrote Worship is the only thing that God cannot do himself and what he seeks from us. Mind blown.